Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in to the City Light Church podcast. We're so honored you've joined us. We hope that today's podcast brings you hope, encouragement, and most of all, adds value to you in your walk with Jesus Christ. We long to see people grow from where they are closer to where God desires them to be, and it's our hope that this podcast is an essential element in that process for you. So grab a pen, your Bible, and a journal, and let's dive into today's message. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, and I believe he would have said this to Ken, to Josh, to Jessica, to you. I believe he'd have said this to Tom and Tanya. He'd have said, Satan, Mike, desires to have you. It says, Satan has requested permission to have you. That's what Jesus told him. Satan has requested permission to have you. For the purpose, and he said, to sift you as wheat. Satan has requested to have each and every one of you. He wants to have a shot at you. For the purpose of tearing you apart. (laughs) And Jesus said to him. And you know what? I prayed for you. That your faith. Fell not. Oh wait wait. Jesus. Can I help you a minute? Could you just pray that he doesn't get permission to sift me? No, that's that's not what Jesus said. He said he's requested permission. The requisition has been received. He now has permission to sift you as wheat, to tear you apart. Don't you worry about it. I'm praying for you. You get in there, buckaroo. You fight the good fight. No, no, no. I don't want to get in there. I don't want to fight the good fight. But I'm praying for you that your faith fell not. And... Here's the purpose of every follower of Christ. And when you are converted is what the word says. When you are strengthened, when you're renewed, strengthen your brother. It's not not even about us anymore. Are you in a sifting? You bet you are. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good. And everybody says it to them who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. We all amen that, amen that. What about verse 29? For those that he foreknew, he foredesigned this to conform you to the image of Christ. The pressing and the sifting is part of the conforming to the image of Christ. Young people in such a hurry to get married, Christ says it's an institution I'm going to use to conform you to the image of Christ. (laughs) And all the husbands and wives said, Amen. And all the teenagers said, I don't know what he just said. You know what those little babies are? 
they are fruit of intimacy, right? They're the byproduct of intimacy. And they are there. One of their chief purpose is to conform you to the image of Christ. It's true. You give your life away for those little children. And then what do they do? Those beautiful little girls, they grow up, they get some hairy-legged boy, bring him to the house, and next thing you know, she's gone. You give your life for her, you feed her, you change her, you pray over her, you, you disciple her, you mentor, you grow her up, and she brings that stinky man home and then runs off and marries him. The little angel, that's what they do. The little boy mommies that you pour your life out and you you pray over. They 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 grow up. And they get their hands on the cabinet and they get the car keys and they never come home once they drive away. Unless they need money. And Brody will always need money, so don't he'll come home. He'll need more. <laughs> Praise God. A little different. That's okay. I think some of you are going through a sifting. I think all of life is a measure of sifting. I think some of you have been disqualified from your following Christ because you think that you have been uh, disqualified because the battle's so intense. Maybe you feel disqualified because just a few hours later, Peter is in Jerusalem denying the man he just told, I'll go with you anywhere. I'll lay my life down for you, Peter. Satan has requested permission to sift you. But I request that your faith fell not. When you're converted, strengthen your brother. I will never forsake you. And yet he does. The Bible says that a slave girl, a slave girl, a slave girl uses that terminology. Wow. Beginning of the year, I'm proportionally in Leviticus and Numbers as I'm perusing through the scriptures, just meditating through the scriptures. I'm amazed at how God has given the children of Israel laws on how to treat slaves and foreigners. It's kind of weird. 195 nations, only 93 have outlawed slavery. Isn't that amazing? What? It's 2022. Yep. That's craziness, isn't it? Twelve, over 12 million slaves were taken from Africa from late 1500s to the middle 1800s before America had outlawed slavery the north had already outlawed it Boston being first there was an 
African squadron out of the Navy that would go with the British and patrol the African coast and fire upon ships trying to take slaves, trying to take men and women, mommies and daddies from their families and, and, and transport them around the world. Brazil alone, almost 5 million of those slaves out of the 12 plus million taken from Africa, Brazil alone, received over 5 million. The UK, nearly 3 million. Spain and France, nearly 5 million. And America, over 350,000. You say, well, that's not too bad compared to those others. It should not have been one. It should not have been one. Nearly 350,000 white men in the Union Army died so that one of the reasons, one of the prominent reasons, the Confederate Army would fight the North was over slavery, but it had nothing to do with the moral, well, it's my opinion, it had very little to do with the moral effect of that as much as it was over money. Yeah. The North was building trains and transportation systems, steamboats and industry and banking and insurance. But you know what the South was doing? What do we do in the South? What do you do in the South? You grow stuff. It's plantations, crops, cotton. And so they had a financial interest in slavery. See, money's always been at the root of every evil, right? The love of money. Let me clarify that scripturally speaking. A slave girl said to Peter, how did we go all there? How did you, how'd y'all let me wander way over there? Speaking of that, by the way, over 10,000 African-American men died during the Civil War fighting with the North. Mostly to infection and disease. Our nation's gone through some horrific times, and, and if that wasn't bad enough, the South didn't stop there. Then they run the Native American, the Cherokee, out of their land, stole their land, stole it, persecuted them. The Trail of Tears, you ought to study that sometimes. All over money and land. I prayed for you that your faith fell not. We go through siftings of all kinds. Some it's over vengeance. Some it's over money. Some it's over marriage. Some it's over these internal battles we have of pride. Peter, his pride almost got the best. Jesus said, listen, I'm not praying that, you're, that you have been somehow escorted out of the battle. I'm praying that through the midst of the battle you were in, your faith fell not the number one way the number one way that you 
survive the battle is what we're doing right here on Sunday morning. But, but watch, you have to carbon copy this. You can't survive from Sunday to Sunday in this 30-minute window of just, of just the presence of God, this deep worship. You have to cultivate this. You have to understand those times of intimacy with the Holy Spirit speaking. You have to drive into that and you have to comply to what God is speaking to your heart. Men, you have to surrender to what he is saying. Your success and your victory for the battle and the sifting that will go on in your life. And I'm, I can't tell you it's going to end next week. In fact, it's going to go on as long as there's a breath in your life. The enemy is going to fight you for your praise. He's going to fight you for your worship. He's going to fight you. And in this nation, we are drunk with money and we're drunk with, and we get so, so persuaded by, well, we're just providing. Ugh. No, we're not. God is our provider. If we truly believe that. Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. We repent. Like Peter, Lord, we will never deny you. We have. Our country has. We remember this month, the persecution of our forefathers, to the Native Americans, to the African Americans, to those years ago, to the atrocities humanity has reaped upon humanity. And Lord, we stand tearful hearts and we say, but by grace, there go us. Lord, let it not be said that our generation turned its back on those less fortunate, the weak. God, let it not be about money that we are driven to do any, anything. Let us surrender our hearts and our lives to you. Completely. says that Jesus ever liveth to intercede. Do you know he's praying for you today? He knows the battle you're going through. He's praying for you today. He ever liveth to intercede. How many of you ever have thought for a moment that maybe somebody else's situation is much worse than what you're going through right now? I want to, since we just kind of, we're just kind of just not following the routine today, the, the order. I want to stop and I want to pray. I want to pray for two people. All right. And I want you to pray with me for these two people as though it was you or your son or your daughter. Because it is, it's our family. You don't know her, but her name is Christine. 
she needs a miracle. Which, by the way, is all she's ever wanted. Which is very doable. Because we serve the God of miracles. And as I pray, I, I want you to pray this. I want you to call out her name. That Christina will be healed. Father, we pray for Christina this morning. We declare healing virtue from the throne room of heaven flow over her body. We renounce cancer, every cell. You are a foreigner there. Come into alignment the way the creator created this little girl to grow up, to be a powerful witness. Lord, in her, impart a healing ministry, an anointing upon her body, and let it be for the glory of God. Lord, we give you glory and praise for you're the great physician, the great healer. Above medicine, above man, you can do all things, and you do. So we declare that today. His name is Austin. He needs a miracle today. Is God able? Amen. In what way? Any way he chooses. But I want you to pray for this little boy. As though it was your son. Your grandson. I want you to declare healing over him this morning. Father, we pray for little Austin. Your eye is over him. Your ear is open to his little prayers. He trusts you. He trusts his mommy and daddy. And he needs a touch from heaven. Out of the throne room of God today, God, I pray you would issue a decree that his heart has been made perfect in Jesus' name. Lord, reach into his body. You fashioned him and formed him. You're the great creator. And form this heart for the glory of God. Let it be a testimony. Lord, we declare a miracle over his body today. In Jesus' name. Lord, and for every need, the list goes on. You are able. We praise you. That as we go through this sifting, our faith would not falter but that we would be strengthened. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can you guys take five-minute break? Uh, and then I'll call you right back. Give you just enough time to get some water. Come on, bring that up here. I want to I wanna just... I'm not going to preach this morning. I'm going to tell you... Um, I'm just going to kind of continue to follow this vein, but I am going to transition. If you're looking for a sermon outline, I've been actually preaching the last 20 minutes, so it's been just go back and rewatch it. Um, I want to. I want to just. Um, I, I want to talk about that scripture I'm referencing, Peter, and this denial and how we deny the work of the Lord and 
how we're offended, as Paul says, as we're offended. We have offense to God that he has not done as we think he should. He did not do it in the way we think he should. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. When we read this, we don't quite understand this, this scripture about how is it that we are um, getting in a place where the battle can be so intense that we almost lose our place in relationship with the Lord. Peter actually denies Jesus. He, he, he gets in this situation that it has slingshot him from the place just a night before he's thinking, he's arguing with the disciples about uh, who's greatest among us and where are we going to sit as a rulers over Rome because Jesus is about to overthrow Rome and, and we're all going to have pr very prominent places, you know. And so they're arguing in the flesh over that. And now we're the next day and, and Jesus is being crucified and the religious leaders and Rome are the ones doing it. Their whole paradigm is broken. They don't understand. They have no idea. Most of them have run away. Peter is drawing in to see what's happening to this man I have dedicated my life to. And, and he's been told, listen, I know you say you will go with me anywhere and, and, and do all things and all these things, but you're going to deny me. And he's, he's in the throes of this. Like, this is going to happen. You're, you will go through this. It's not maybe. It's not a prophecy that is, is self-fulfilling. It is telling Peter, look, you're going to go through some difficult times. I, I think sometimes as believers that we don't want to believe that there's a crushing at times in our life. There are crushing moments at times in our life. But, but the chief intercessors praying for us. I think this is one of the things that, that a lot of um, not yet believers um, look at believers and struggle. Is number one, that they're going through a battle. Number two, that like Peter, we're acting out of our flesh in the battle. I don't know the man, he tells the little slave girl. I don't know the man. Yeah, you do. Another lady says to him, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I mean, you talk like you're from Ocala, right? You right? The, the people say, you gotta, you, your accent gives you away. You're Galilean, man. We know who you are. I, uh, nobody, nobody ever talks about my southern draw until I go up north. And then I was in Jerusalem one time, and a lady says, um, you're from America? Yes. From the South, aren't you? Yes. Because I know. I said, like, how did you know? She goes, I'm from Palm Beach. So she, <laughs> she lived in Jerusalem at the time, but spent most of her time here too. So his accent gave him away. He denied Jesus with his words. He denied him with his, his lack of affection. In one night, they're leaning on the beloved. They're leaning on him. And the next night, he's denying him. Judas says to the leaders, you follow me, I'll show you where he's at. And the man I kiss, in the Middle East, this is very normal. How many of you guys have ever watched the news and these Middle Eastern, these men, they'll... It's very normal. That's... that's um, there's a Greek word for that. We, I'll just call it, he gave him a peck, right? 
That's not a kiss. It's a, it's a peck. Right? Baby, would you come here? I'm, I'm going to demonstrate. This would be good. She's like, what? No, really, really. I want to show you something. Come here. <laughs> I'm so terrible. Anything for a kiss, man. I'll tell you. So, so he would, um, he would, Judas would come up and he would give him one of these, one of those. That's, he, that's what he told the religious leaders. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to kiss the one. But the Bible says that when you read the, what he actually did was he came up and he kissed Jesus. It was a, you see the, you see the difference? Hi, how are you? But when he came up, he embraced him. He gave him a passionate kiss, right? It's the kiss of intimacy. It was a kiss of intimacy. It, here's my point. Peter denies him with his words and his actions, but Judas denies him in intimacy. It's the greatest act of betrayal. It's that place where Jesus has been so close to him. He walked with him. He, he was with him when he raised the dead. He was with him when he sent him out. He was part of the disciples. He sent out and they saw miracles happen. Judas comes back and he betrays him with that kiss of intimacy. Not the kiss of friendship. It's a whole different word. And I think sometimes as believers and followers, I'm not talking about the not yet follower. I'm not talking about those who are um, not yet passionately involved in a daily pursuit after Jesus. I'm talking about someone who's going through a sifting and deny him in the intimate. So we get to these moments like this and we turn on him and we say, there's nothing to him. He can't help me there. Listen, this atmosphere right here. This is why the, the, the Bible teaches us that as the day grows worse in the end, don't deny the assembling of yourselves together. And I'm not a numbers counter, so I don't say, well, that doesn't count until you have over 25. No, no, no. When two or three are coming together and the presence of his words three times. And it broke intimacy, but Peter drives out of that place. He drives into a, a, a place of solitude and he begins to, the Bible teaches us, lament. He begins to mourn for what he has done. Judas does the same thing. But Judas has violated the very place of intimacy and has no other recourse. Peter Peter understands that the place of intimacy is his only recourse. Are you with me? Are you? I know I'm being a little vague. That's kind of how I preach because I want you to go get it. I don't want to treat you like a third grader. But Jesus did that. You know, he gave parables. He didn't tell you straight on, did he? I'm being like Jesus when I preach. That's all I'm doing. Amen. <laughs> Father, Lord, we are in a sifting we're in a season of sifting. We're in times where the enemy's trying to, he is trying to divide us. He's trying to break us. He's trying to use this world. He's trying to use the battles that we go through to create an offense in us toward you. And we refuse 
to judge you over the moments that we spend on this earth. We have come into an understanding that you are God, you are perfect, your ways are higher than our ways, your knowledge is greater than our knowledge, and we trust you in the process. Lord, even when we deny and fall, even when we miss the mark, we run to intimacy. Lord, we will not offend you through our intimacy. We'll not betray you and say there's nothing to it. For silver, for gold, for things that pass so quickly. Lord, we bless you today. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We're gonna we're just gonna close in that in that um, anthem one more time. And I'll, I want to tell you next Sunday there will be people uh, that will testify of what God did in their life Friday and Saturday at the Worth the Fight conference right here. And there will be some, I hope none, who sit back and say, we should have registered, we should have gone. This conference is about intimacy. It's about restoring intimacy. It's about protecting the next generation. It's about equipping yourself to understand how the enemy has stolen the arena of sexuality, the confines, God-ordained marriage, how he has wounded that in virtually all of our lives. If you're a mom, dad, granddad, grandma, my desire as a pastor is that you would be equipped, that you would hear this. If you're 16 or older, you're welcome. If you're from another church and streaming this morning, you're welcome here. So register for that conference. Stop at the next steps. Go to the Church Center app. We'll help you get connected. As a pastor, I really feel this passionately that we're all embracing this for our children's lives. I pray the Lord minister to you does what no man can do. Come on, let's just stand and end in a set anthem again. Amen. Well, we hope that this message has brought you hope and encouragement, and it was just what you needed for today. If you're joining us today and we can partner with you in prayer in any way, it would be our honor. Please reach out to us by visiting our website, mycitylight.org. And lastly, if the Holy Spirit has laid it on your heart to give today, you can do that by visiting mycitylight.org and go to the giving tab or text any amount to 84321. Be blessed.